Hi guys, welcome back to Vets Explanation Staff Edition. So this is the podcast. We're going to dive deep into some of these issues that all of these pets come in for. Today, we're going to be talking about reverse thesing. So I'm sure lots of people have seen their doctors diagnose something as reverse sneezing and you're like, just know that it's reverse sneezing and it's not a big deal, right? But do you know like what really reverse sneezing is and what causes it and things? So we're going to kind of talk about those things today. Also, I'm talking about this too, because the fact that I know a lot of clients come in and they're freaking out about their pets and you just tell them it's reverse sneezing, but they don't know what this means either. So it's like a really scary thing for them. I don't know if you've seen reverse sneezing. I am going to show a video of Hala, my dog, during reverse sneezing, but it's a really scary thing. When people first see it, they think that their pet is choking and dying. So it's up to you guys to try to help them to like navigate through this and be calm when they do see this. First, we're going to talk about sneezing in general. So you just have to humor me for a second because we need to talk about sneezing to be able to understand what reverse sneezing is. All right. So sneezing, it's a very sudden, forceful exhalation, or basically like a forceful breathing out through the nose. Think about when you sneeze, it's very sudden, very forceful breathing out of the nose. Now we're going to define what reverse sneezing is. I'm going to give you the medical definition first so that you can like mess with your doctors. So pay attention so that you can like really mess with them. Okay. So reverse sneezing is defined as a mechanical sensitive aspiration reflex triggered by irritation, which manifests as a proximate proxism of loud inspiratory noise accompanied by an effort. All right. Podcast done. No, really. They, they, who, I, the, I, don't think that I would understand what you said if you came up to me and said that. The next time you have a reverse sneezing pet that comes in, walk up to your doctor and just, there's a pug in room two that's having a mechanical sensitive aspiration reflex manifested as a paroxysm of loud respiratory noises. And then you could just like watch them walk away and Google what you just said. <laughs> but so let's break that down because that was a ridiculous sentence, right? So what it means is like this respiratory reflex. So it's like something that just automatically happens. And it's seen mostly in dogs. It can be seen in cats as well, but mostly dogs. And it's this very sudden, rapid, forceful inhalation. So we thought about sneezing, right? Sudden, forceful, rapid exhalation. Air's coming out of the nose. Reverse sneezing. Reverse of that. A sudden, forceful inhalation or breathing into the nose. And it can sound really, really alarming. Like I said, it can sound really scary, but it's just basically like the, a backward sneeze. Sometimes it can cause a honking noise, but it really, it sounds like they're almost choking. So let's talk about like why reverse sneezing happens to dogs and cats. Reverse sneezing often occurs because of an irritation or like an inflammation of the nasal passages and particularly where the nasal passages meet the back of the throat. We call that the nasopharynx. Some of like the things that commonly cause triggers or commonly trigger a reverse sneeze are going to be things like allergies, foreign bodies, like grass or pollens, respiratory infections, excitement, eating and drinking, even abrupt changes in the temperature or things like viruses or infections that can cause that as well. There was a study that was performed in 2002 called Reverse Sneezing in Dogs, Observational Study in 30 Cases. And in this study, they found that 57% of these dogs had some sort of just inflammation of the airways. 
So that sh- this could just be things from like allergies, eating hard foods, inhaling something like perfume. None of those things had an obvious reason to them. It was going to be something that just like they inhaled that caused an irritation. And 27% of those cases, it was due to something anatomical, meaning it was due to what their anatomy is. This is in brachycephalic dogs, which we'll talk about in the next section. And then lastly, only about 10% of them were from actually from foreign bodies like grass ons or grass seed that were stuck in their nose or in the back of their throat. There are certain breeds that are more prone to reverse sneezing, but reverse sneezing, like I said, it can affect any breed, small dog, big dog, doesn't matter. But our smaller breeds like Chihuahuas, miniature pinchers, Frenchies, things like that, they tend to be more susceptible to this. In that same study we just talked about, um, they found that about 50% of those dogs were toy breed dogs, so dogs under 10 pounds. 27% of them were a small breed, so somewhere between like 10 to 30 pounds. 17% of them were from medium breeds, so 30 to 60 pounds. And only 7% of them were actually large breeds over 60 pounds. I will say in my household, both my small breed, my little Hala Shih Tzu multi thing, whatever she's supposed to be, she definitely has it. And also my lab, who's over 60 pounds, has it as well. But that should give you a pretty good picture as to who reverse sneezing commonly affects. It's typically going to be our smaller breed dogs. Let's talk about those brachycephalic breeds now. So brachycephalic breeds have flat faces. So they have really smushed faces. These are our breeds like Bulldogs, Frenchies, Pugs, Boston Terriers, Shih Tzus. And they more commonly experience reverse sneezing just due to their anatomy. If you put your tongue on the top of your mouth, on the roof of your mouth, you're going to feel something really firm. That's called your hard palate. Now, if you push your tongue back towards the back of your throat, you're going to feel something like soft and squishy. That is your soft palate. So if you look at the back of your mouth, you have this, you have your soft palate only comes down like right about like right here. Now, for a brachycephalic dog, we think about their throat and their soft palate comes down like this. So it's definitely in the middle of their airway. Now, when that soft palate gets stuck in the back of their throat, it causes them to have this really severe, quick inhalation of air or basically reverse sneezing because they're trying to suck in air to breathe because there's something stuck in there. For brachycephalics, they commonly get this because of just like the way that their anatomy is. For our smaller breed dogs, we think it's because their trachea is just so small. So trachea is the windpipe which you inhale into. We've talked about this when we talked about things like asthma and stuff, like what the anatomy of the trachea and airway is. But a small dog's trachea is pretty small. So if I have like a grass on or something that gets caught in that small trachea, that's definitely going to irritate them versus if I have a dog who has a really large trachea, like a Labrador or something, it's going to be a much bigger trachea. So a tiny little grass on is going to go through that larger trachea much easier and not cause as much irritation. Cats, like I said, can get reverse sneezing. It's just not as common as in dogs. However, if somebody calls in and says that they think their cat is having reverse sneezing, I do think it's a good idea to have them bring their cat in to be evaluated because they might actually have feline asthma and not a reverse sneeze. So it is really important for them to come in if, if an owner does think that they're having reverse sneezing. So how can pet owners at home differentiate between reverse sneezing and other respiratory diseases? This is a commonly asked question. 
one of the characteristics is going to be that reverse sneezing produces a really distinct sound. It's described as like a snorting or a gasping sound during inhalation. Um, during the reverse sneezing episode, the pet might extend their neck out a lot. They'll stand still and they appear to be like choking on something or trying to clear something from their throat or nasal passages. When people see this the first time, it actually it looks really scary. They think that their pet is going to die because it looks like they're choking. But it usually only lasts for a couple of seconds to a minute, and then they're back to normal again. All right, is reverse sneezing a harmful thing, or is it benign? Benign, by the way, just means not harmful. In most cases, reverse sneezing is pretty harmless and it usually resolves on its own within, like I said, a couple seconds to a minute. Um, reverse sneezing itself actually rarely needs any sort of treatment. However, it is a good idea for if it's been going on for quite a while or the episodes have been getting more frequent or they have other clinical signs that the owners come in. Some of those other clinical signs that we worry about are any difficulty breathing, coughing, nasal discharge, not wanting to eat. Because then I start worrying about other things. Is this more of a heart problem or is it actually an upper respiratory tract infection or do they have pneumonia? So reverse sneezing can happen from lots of other things just besides the fact that it's reverse sneezing. What are some of the diagnostics that might be done? One of the simplest things we start out with doing first is just going to be sedating the, the dog and then looking up their nose. So we use the otoscope to be able to look up inside the nose. The problem is though, dogs don't only have just the nose, just that little portion of the front nose here. This, this is about all I can see is like right here. But you have all the rest of this nose right here, right? So they have these things called turbinates, which are these just like circles of cartilage inside the nose. And things can get stuck up in there, but if they're like tightly wound, I can't really see through all of those turbinates to be able to see if there's a foreign body or if there's a lot of blood that's in the nose. Then again, like it's really hard to see. All I see is blood and I can't see anything past there. So we do use that in case there is something easy to be able to pull out. And then we'll look in the back of the throat to make sure it's not something like a grass on that's stuck behind the throat. I've had a cat that I pulled like seven grass ons out of. So it definitely is possible. But the next thing is usually easiest to do is going to be just doing x-rays. So chest x-rays and then also of the neck. So we want to try to get like as far up here as possible. The reason why is because we're looking for things like a collapsing trachea, but we're also looking for a heart problem, like things like heart failure. So if we see that, then we know that we actually need to fix something different. We're also looking for things like asthma, pneumonia, things like that as well. And then if you do want more information on collapsing trachea, I did do an episode on collapsing trachea as well. So you can look that up. But radiographs are really hard to do of the nose because you just don't see a lot of detail. So instead, using things like a CT scan or doing a rhinoscopy, which is where you put a camera up the nose, are usually the easiest way to see the nasal passages. The CT is easy on our small pets because you can see a lot more detail. Rhinoscopy is really great for being able to see like directly in there, but rhinoscopy is hard on small pets. Like I said, what a good percentage of these are really small dogs, right? So if we have really small dogs with really small noses, it can be really hard to, to do a rhinoscopy on them. Sometimes they have to go to an internist to be able to do that because they have a smaller camera than we do. Let's talk about some of these treatment options. So if this is due to just reverse sneezing, there's like something in the air that it, it inhaled or was did it after it was eating. 
there's really no treatment option for that. Like nothing is going to resolve that. Prevention is the best medicine here. So if the owner notices that they do it a lot after they've put on perfume, then it means stop wearing perfume. Or if they notice that it always happens during the springtime, then maybe it's an allergy problem. Or maybe it happens very commonly after or during when the owner is cleaning their house because like dust mites and stuff will cause this. It's best to put those pets away in a different room until they're done dusting and sweeping and mopping the floors and waiting for the chemicals to dry so that way it doesn't exacerbate their reverse sneezing. And then as far as walking them, I tell people to wear, don't have them wear a collar to walk them, have them wear a harness or have them wear a gentle leader. So that way it's not pulling on their trachea. It's actually like pulling on their nose or it's pulling on their chest to be able to help walk them. Otherwise, pushing on that is going to cause more of a, a reverse sneezing as well. Some doctors will put pets on things like ivermectin or on flea prevention because of it possibly being nasomites. So for anybody wondering about nasomites, it's a fairly uncommon thing. They're called uh, pneumonysis caninum. Not a very common thing here, but some people will still do that just in case. Um, some people will also suggest doing an antihistamine or basically like something to help them with allergies. This is typically Benadryl or Zyrtec that you're going to find. Otherwise, if there is an underlying condition, it's really just treating that underlying condition and not the reverse sneezing itself. Let's talk about what everybody's question they get is, like I'm sure people constantly ask, how do I help them when they're having these episodes? Some of the things that they can do at home, one of them is just massaging the throat, just like pushing on it, massaging it here, because it'll help the spasms stop and then hopefully they can recover that way. Another way is to put their hand over their nostrils or over their nose for a few seconds so that, that way it can help them swallow, which kind of clears out whatever is in their throat. Some people do suggest blowing in their nose as well. Um, I'm not a big fan of that. I've had a lot of dogs who have, people have done that and then the dog bite them in the face. So I don't think that's a great option, but usually like you can quickly put your hand over their nose at least. If it's suspected that they have allergies or something, like I said, really prevention is the biggest thing, just making sure to keep them away from triggers like pollen, dust mites, perfumes, things like that. And then also just keeping their environment clean, because again, even though there might be something else that's triggering them, like it's just a brachycephalic breed, just keeping the area clean will help them just not exacerbate that even more. All right, funny story. I'll tell you about when we went to Disney World. We went on the 4th of July and it was ridiculous. There were so many people that were there. They had all these lines marked off for people to say, stay behind this line. So that way they could get more people in there and try to keep it very compact and keep people orderly. But that just did not happen. People were waiting in these weird little lines for hours. And then they couldn't see anything because they just kept like pushing people into all of these other areas. So that, that way they could see the fireworks. So people were waiting for their, there for hours and they couldn't see the fireworks because there are all these people crammed in there like little sardine cans. So poor little Abigail couldn't even see because there were just all these people around people like on top of her, pushing into her. It was just, it was just not easy to deal with. So. I was like, just let's just go to the back of 
of Disney World. So that, that way we're by the exit. We can still see fireworks. We're not going to see like this little weird little thing that they had doing that they were doing as well as like a laser show or something. We're not going to see that. But at the very least, we're not like crammed in here and then everybody will be able to see the fireworks. We all make our way up to the entrance or the exit. And then my son realizes that we're not going to be standing by the front anymore. And he just loses it. Just, he is on the ground for 45 minutes crying, like hysterically. There's literally nothing I could do to calm him down. I tried, I brought these really cool glow in the dark sticks so that way we could make a bunch of stuff. So we were like making glow in the dark glasses and necklaces and bracelets and little spinner things. And I knew we were going to be sitting there for a while. So I was like, we'll just have something to do. So I had bought these glow in the dark things, but like, it didn't matter. He didn't want anything on him. He, I was like, do you want me to get you some ice cream or some soda or something to help cool you down? Cause it was freaking hot. Even at nine o'clock at night, it was still 95 degrees. It was so hot. But like I said, no, nothing could calm this kid down. It wasn't until the fireworks finally started that he was, he stopped crying and was able to like enjoy the fireworks. And then later on, we're like, I know that you're really upset about us going away from where those laser show thing was, but this just, nobody can see. It just wasn't a, we weren't going to have any fun back there or up there. And finally, he's just, yeah, I know. I just, just wanted to see the lasers. I don't know why I was so upset. I didn't want to wait. <laughs> 45 minutes for 45 minutes. He's just on the ground crying. And I was like, we look like great parents just with this child screaming on the ground. And it's not like he's young. He's like 10. So anyways, that's my story for the day. All right. If you guys have any questions for me, like I always say, you can email me, text me, find me in the hallways. Let me know if you have questions. Let me know if you want me to do any podcast topics. I'm going to be doing the topics from Dr. Z in the beginning of August. So you can look forward to that later on. Like I said, I'm trying to get a couple other people to be on the podcast as well. So I will have all those in the works. All right. Thank you guys.